I really don't know how this is going to go because I'm not sure how I'm going to start this thing. Um, I know how I'm supposed to start it because I know what's in my notes. But I also know that sometimes we forget in our lives that we were born to be blessed. Sometimes we, we think that we were born to endure when the truth is we were born to be blessed. And in a little bit, I'm going to, two points will come up on the screen. Y'all don't have to do that now, but blessings come our way that save us, you know, that just sort of pluck us out of situations that, that we find ourselves in. And then other times there's blessings that cause us to increase, that launch us into a new way of living. So we're going to talk about those two types of blessings. Sometimes we forget that we were not born to endure life, but we were born to be blessed in this life. And it starts from the very first book of the Bible in Genesis where God said this, God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. Just thinking about that ought to tell us and let us know that, you know, there's something more than enduring in this life. I remember as a child, Almost every Sunday afternoon after church, I, I've got to tell I was raised, I was a blessed child. I was raised, my grandparents, I was their favorite. I've told you all that before. But Sundays af, Sunday afternoons, we would go over to my grandparents' house where my grandmother would always have a pie for me. I mean, she'd have a, she was a baker and she had pies and sort of the, for the general crowd, for those back in the cheap seats, but for me, she asked, what kind of pie would you like this Sunday? Chocolate or butterscotch, those were my favorite. So each week we went over there, there was that pie just for me. Nobody else, I don't care if the cousins came over, I always had a pie. I don't know how it made them feel. At that point in my life, I really didn't care, but because I had my own pie. I was a blessed young child. Now, I know some of you are thinking to yourself, well, you know, that's great for you, but I wasn't blessed in that way. I didn't have that much of a blessing in my, in my childhood. But if there's one thing I want you to, or want us to again realize is that we are born to be blessed. We're born to be blessed, and we're going to look at some scriptures that, that lead us in that direction. Psalm 139, 14 says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knows very well. There's something deep within us, and part of that is prevenient grace, but there's something deep within us that tells us, you know, I'm made for more than just what I see around me. And with all of the 
stuff that's going on in the news today, we need to be reminded, or we need to remind our friends and neighbors and our colleagues at work that, wait a minute, we don't find our blessings through other human beings. We find our blessings from God. God may use others, but our blessings come from God because we were, in fact, born to be blessed. And then as we get started, I want you to remember you said, well, I didn't come from the family like yours, and I didn't come from, I wasn't blessed. In fact, I have some things I don't like to talk about in my life. Know this, you did not come from your mother or your father. You came through your mother and father. You came from God. Always remind yourself of that. Whenever there are any doubts, any problems, any issues, I am a child of God. I am an inheritor of all the things that God has created. I am His child, the sheep of His pasture. In fact, another psalm says, for thou hast my reins has possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. Ephesians 2.10, Paul says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, for which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We're God's work. We came from God. Psalm 100, know that the Lord is God, it is he that has made us. And not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And then the Jeremiah passage that we're all familiar with, Jeremiah 1, 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. God may have used your parents to get you here. But it is he that made you. And because we come from God, we are created to be blessed by God. That's the natural thing that should be happening in our lives. And before we can go anywhere in our faith walk, the first thing that we must plant our feet on is this knowledge that we are born to be blessed. And I know there's all types of blessings. But tonight, Teresa and I are going to share with you just a couple of types of blessings. One is blessings that save. And another is blessings, as I mentioned earlier, that increase. Several years ago, Ruth Graham, the daughter of Billy Graham, was at a church function with her pastor at that time. And they were out, and the pastor's wife all of a sudden said, oh my goodness, I can't find my diamond that's in my ring. And so everybody just stopped. And Ruth Graham tells this story. She says, everybody stopped. We all started looking. We went into the garbage, into the sink, into the dishes, out in the yard, in the picnic tables, everywhere that we were, we were looking. We really didn't know when she lost it, where she lost it. And even though we prayed, we probably didn't really think that we would find it but we did our best. 
and we looked, and the next day we went back and we looked again, she says. And they kind of gave up, and they went on about their business. They cut the grass, and the rain came, and, and then one week later, young daughter was out in the yard playing, and she noticed something shiny. And she was thinking it was a rhinestone that came off of one of her little doll's clothes. And when she discovered it wasn't, she took it in, showed her mother, and, and her mother, overwhelming joy, thanked God because out of nowhere, it was like God just saying, here you go. I saved this for you. It's something precious to you. I want you to have it. It's nothing that she did on her own. They did everything they could, and it to no avail. God's blessings come out of nowhere. And I know that some of you tonight are in situations that you're helpless. You feel helpless. You don't know what to do, where to go, who to turn to. You've done what you can do, but you know that's really nothing. It's really not. You're just going through the motions, and you need God's saving grace and blessing to just come down and touch you, touch the situation. And that's our prayer for you tonight. My niece and nephew, uh, my niece told us a story a few weeks ago. When they were younger, they went camping. Right after they got married, they, they said, let's go camping. That's always a fun thing for young couples to do. So they loaded the tent up, and they went to a campground in West Virginia where they were living at the time, and they went to the campground. And then they had this great idea. said, hey, wait a minute. There's all these people in this campground. Let's get off the grid a little bit. And so they hiked over into the woods for a while until they found this beautiful spot, this precipice that overlooked the mountains and grassy area said let's just make camp here and so they set up their tent they enjoyed the evening they went to bed under the clear skies and then they woke up to a huff and a grunt and a growl and the young man said to my niece, like any young husband would do, go see what that is. <laughs> so Kristen, she says they could see the silhouette of this bear through the tent and the moonlight. And it was getting a little more irritated and they would see it stand up and go down. And I did, so I did some reading. I'm going to pause for a minute. I did some reading on bears, and you probably have, have done and know these things as well. But with, with grizzly bears, you're supposed to, I think you're supposed to, like, lay down, pretend you're dead. You may get hurt, but you hopefully will survive. Black bears, you're supposed to fight back because that doesn't bother them. My philosophy is just to run faster than the people you're with. But... <laughs> But absent of that, they all bears this, this author that's writing this says also bears have this language of 
dominance and submission and some other thing. I don't know. It's, it's in these notes. But it uh, says to know the language of the bear and be aware. I'm, go- I'm thinking, yes, I'm going to be very aware of the bear if I come face to face with the bear. So there they were, bear on one side, cliff on the other side, and what do they do? They had bear spray? No. Did they have a gun? No. They had nothing. Nothing. They were in literally a physical, emotional, spiritual crisis that they had no idea how they're going to get out of that situation in this tent with this bear getting more and more irritated and angry. Well, my nephew, my niece tells a story. She says, Ryan got up, he unzipped the tent, and he stands up out of the tent, and and in a, and, and mind you, he doesn't speak with any kind of accent at all. She says, in a southern draw, he says, go on now, bear, get on out of here. <laughs> and the bear turned around and ran off. Now that's, that's what you're going, what? How can that happen? That doesn't happen because that's not in the book. That's not their language. How does that happen? Well, we know how that happens. God's blessing said, wait a minute, it's not y'all's time to suffer through this kind of thing. I'm going to send that bear in another direction. And I go back to, I know that some of you have bears in your life and you're trapped. More so than a lost ring or a lost diamond, but truly something that is really, really hurting, debilitating, that you're facing and you don't know what to do. Friends, remember, at that moment, you are a child of God, born of God, made by God, born in His image. So let that soak into you to receive the saving grace of God in the situation that you're in. And then some of you think at that point, well, where's the quid pro quo? Meaning, wait a minute, I receive this wonderful favor of God, but what do I need to do in order to exchange for that? That's not a part of the, of the plan with God. You're his child. He loves you. You're born of him. He's going to bless you. Receive it. Know it. Soak in it. So those are the blessings that save. And then there are the blessings that increase, those blessings that launch us into a new level of living, those blessings that, that may cause us to live differently, to think differently, to act differently. Now, I know the last time I spoke, I think, I, and probably every time I have a fishing story, I'll just say Jesus had a lot of fishing stories. But tonight, I'm not going to share a fishing story. Teresa is going to share a fishing story. So, Teresa, you come up and share. 
Sammy, 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 you and your fishing stories, I tell you what. Maybe, let me just tell you all, this man lives, eats, and breathes fishing, okay? His biggest worry in life is that when he dies, I'm going to sell all of his fishing equipment for what he told me he paid for it. <laughs> Someone in the back got that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Anyway, I do want to share an experience that we had recently on a vacation to Ontario, Canada. So we went to a place called Halley's Camp. This is a picture of it here. The most secluded area we had ever been. This is not a Four Seasons like we're used to, okay? This little camp holds 18 people. We'd been planning it for months and months. We were going up there and we were going out for four solid days of guided fishing. Guess who was gonna be enjoying that? Well, we got there the night before. Now, y'all, could, we couldn't even access this place except by float plane. That's how out it was. It didn't even have cell phone or anything. Well, we got there the night before. We're gathering our belongings, getting settled in and everything meeting the 16 other guests that had come in that were there to shame, uh, share the same kind of experience. And I heard the camp guide mention in passing, now we'll be coming back every evening after eight hours of fishing, having a little meal together, and then we'll give the awards for the trophy fishermen. Man, my competitive radar went up when I heard award. I turned to Sam, I said, is this a competition? Sam said, Teresa, it's a personal competition, okay? If you catch a fish of a certain breed and it measures a certain length, then you're considered a trophy angler. Hmm. Y'all, I went to bed that night. I'm laying in bed. I'm thinking, Teresa Granberry, trophy angler. I like that. And I just prayed a simple prayer that night. I just said, Lord, in Jesus' name, I am going to ask you right now to help me catch a trophy fish this week. Such a silly, simple prayer. It was kind of a big one for me because I can count on one hand the number of fish I'd ever caught ever before then. But y'all, the minute I said that prayer, I had a peace come over me. I just knew it was done by my Father who is in heaven. I was fully expecting to catch a trophy fish. Well, we went out for three days in a row. I think there's a picture maybe of me catching it. We, we started catching fish right and left. They practically jumped on your hook up there. We caught an average of five fish an hour, sometimes up to 10 fish an hour. And every time we'd get a big fish in the boat, it would never quite measure to be a trophy. You can see here, this is a walleye that I caught. They have to be 27 inches to be a trophy. 26 and almost a half there. I told the guy, can you not stretch this fish, you know? Anyway, I didn't care. I ca every cast, every single cast, Lord, oh, this is the one. I know it, Jesus, I know this is the one. I kept singing, you're a good, good father. You're a good father, Lord. I just <laughs> thank you, Lord, that you're gonna help me catch a trophy fish. Sometimes I'd turn to Sam, I'd go watch. Watch and learn, and I'd throw a cast, you know, reeling a fish. It would never be a trophy. Well, the night before our last day of fishing, 
I was laying in bed. God, remember my little request? Tomorrow's on my last chance. And I realized that that was doubt. And I just said, no, uh, no, 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 no. God knows that I've asked this request. I don't need to remind him. Y'all, when you've asked God for something big, when you have the faith for something big, doubt cannot come in. Doubt and faith cannot coexist in one's mind. I said, no, no, no. He knows I've asked this. I believe it. And I went to sleep and just praising God, singing, you're a good, good father. I must have sung that 40 times that particular three days. Well, y'all, that night, I had a dream that I caught a huge fish. And when I woke up the next morning, I was so excited. I just felt like God was confirming to me, I got you back, I'm going to get it, you know. It was pouring down rain that last day. Now, this is Canada, okay? It was 50 degrees out. We had so many layers of clothing. I had about this much of my face exposed. Pins and needles rain hitting me. We walked down to the boat. The guide's there. He says, are we still doing this? Well, I said, absolutely. And I told him about my dream. He said, Teresa, you are a real trooper which I found out later was Canadian for, you are really stubborn, okay? <laughs> anyway, we went out casting, casting 10, 20, 30 casts an hour, reeling in fish, never a trophy size. Well, about 2 o'clock, the sun came out just a little, and I'd been teasing around and everything, and I turned to Sam and I said, watch and learn, honey. And I threw a cast, and something grabbed the line at the other end. It wasn't the traditional log that I'd been catching several times during the week. Anyway, our guy jumped up. He said, Teresa, there's your fish. There's your fish. I started rehearsing in my mind everything he had told us to do during the week. And sure enough, y'all, that fish got about three feet from the boat jumped up out of the water with its big old mouth. Y'all, it was the fish in my dream. It was huge. It was huge. Well, out of the corner of my eye, I saw the guide. He grabbed the net, and he went to scoop that thing into the boat. And in what seemed like a huge, bad dream, a split second, I heard a pop and then a thunk. And that monster fish had the audacity, now free as a bird from a pop line, to swim right under the boat where I stood. No! I went. I was so upset. I, I couldn't think of what to do. And so the first thought that came to my mind is, I'm going in after it. <laughs> Wasn't one of the best thoughts I'd had all week. It was the only thing I could think to do. And I literally had one step, one leg, over the side of the boat to go on in and get it when something jarred me back. And I remembered that our guide had told us earlier in the week, these northern pike, they're called the barracuda of fresh water. They're mean, they're aggressive, they have teeth. That thing would have ripped me to shreds while I tried to noodle it back in the boat, okay? 
How does she know a word noodle? <laughs> I watch TV. <laughs> At any rate, I turn to Sam. He's got his head in his hands. He's shaking his head. I turn to our guide. He's got his head in his hands. He's shaking his head. I said, what did I do wrong? They both said, look, those things happen. Don't worry about it. I said, you saw it when it jumped out. It was pretty big, right? Our guide said, Teresa, that's the kind of fish that people sit in a boat and wait all day long to catch. Yeah, it was big. That didn't make me feel any better. Y'all, for days and days after we came home, I walked around, I felt I felt horrible. I felt something in my spirit just wasn't right. Shoo, I can, I can lose a fish. That's not anything. But I knew God had something more for me from this experience. It's something just didn't sit with my soul or my spirit. I know the Bible says all you have to have is the faith of a mustard seed, and you can move a mountain but I didn't have enough faith to catch a silly fish? Had I failed God in some way through all of that? Well, the Bible says that God's mercies are new every morning. And one morning after we'd come home, I felt God just tap me and say, hey, I got a mercy for you. You want to know what happened back there? I sat up. This is 4.30 in the morning. I sat up. I said, yes, God, I do. And God said, you had the faith thing down. I'm proud of you for that. And he reminded me of the scripture that says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Believing when you haven't seen, that's faith. He was giving me the correlation between blessings and faith. You really can't have one without the other. And it comforted me that my Heavenly Father saw faith in me. But God said, you missed the second part. You weren't ready for my blessings. You see, what I hadn't told you yet is after we lost the fish and we kind of came back to our senses, our very, very positive guide, he said, Teresa, that fish is in there. We still have a couple more hours. Hand me your rod, I'm going to re-rig it, and we're going to keep on trying. I'm glad he was so happy about that. I really wasn't that excited about fishing anymore. But when I handed him my rod, he said, Sam, look at this. The drag on my line was set as tight as it could go. Now, for us novice fishermen... That's great when you have squiggly, scrawny, little wiggly fish. You need to have control over them. But when you have a big fish that needs to tire out so that you can get it in the boat, you need some slack, you need some leeway. Having the drag set like that wasn't prepared and definitely contributed to the line breaking. And then the line itself, well, it was 15-pound test. Basically tested to start breaking down for fish that were 15 pounds or more. Y'all, the fish I caught was around 30 pounds. Yeah, it was big. The thing is, all week long, I'd been believing God for a big fish. 
but I was equipped for a little fish. I wasn't ready. You see, the Bible says, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Now, how many here, I want you all to listen, because I don't think this experience was just for me. I think that's why we're here tonight. There's somebody out there, you're believing God for a big exponential blessing. It's like you're asking God, I want to win the lottery, God. I've got the faith. But you can't even balance your own checkbook. Or God, I just need an exponential blessing. Lord, I just believe you're going to promote me to CEO. You've got the faith. But you're not even really honoring God in the work you have now. Preparing means doing something beforehand to get ready. And if you want God to make a way, sometimes where there is no way, you have to be prepared. I've heard people tell me all my life, I just believe God won't give you more than you can handle. And of course, we know they're referring to challenges, but what I learned on the boat that day, God's not going to give me more blessings than I can handle either. He is a good, good father. He is. He's not going to bless me to stumble or fail. If my nine-year-old grandson comes and says, Gigi, can I have the keys to your car? He knows he can trust me with anything. But as a loving grandmother, I can't give him keys to my car until he's ready. Does that make sense to y'all? You have to be ready when God has a big exponential blessing for you. You do. Well, Sam and I, we've already made up our minds. We're going back to Canada. We loved that place. Losing a fish didn't overshadow all of the fun and rest that we got there. But old trophy Fishington better be ready the next time the Granberries get there. Let me just tell you. Because Therese is going to be prayed up, and I'm going to be full of faith, and this time I am going to be prepared to reel in my blessings. Amen? Thank you. <laughs> I looked at the clock and said, okay, we're a little bit over time, but how does that actually, you get the idea of how that actually applies to our life. We have a friend who is in the school district. Her and her husband, they're on a salary. They've been praying for some exponential type of blessing they're, they're getting rid of their debts. They're working their way out financially. They're doing everything that they're supposed to do. They are hopefully preparing. Well, she does, makes T-shirts on the side. You know, she, she's had a biggest order, 20 T-shirts for family reunions, things like that. Well, she got an order. Teresa, go ahead and, and tell that story. I know we're out of time, but quickly so tell them that story. she's a school teacher with a part-time T-shirt business. Like Sam said, her largest order of 20, 20 t-shirts. At the end of this past school year, the school district came to her and said, hey, we want you to create and make 800 t-shirts for the district. You talk about an exponential blessing, 40 times the largest order she'd ever had. And she told me, Teresa, I agonized about it for a week before I told them no. My husband didn't want to buy any more equipment, which meant I couldn't hire any more employees, which meant I was going to have to spend the entire summer off making t-shirts all day long. You see, they had prayed for an exponential blessing to pay off their debt, but when it came, 
they weren't ready. You know, sometimes it's, it, it reminds me a little bit about the gentleman that's at the pool that wants to be healed. And Jesus, if, if our musicians, you can come, come up there. And, and Jesus asks him, do you really want to be healed? Do you really want the blessing that I have for you? So we have another friend who is a publisher. And he has spent the last three years paying a mentor to teach him some intricate types of things that he needs to know that he wasn't, didn't know at that time. And he just informed us a few weeks ago that he says, you know, now I'm ready to go solo and ready to receive the blessings that God has. I've been paying this other person, but I'm learned, I'm prepared, and I'm ready to launch into a new level of my business. And that's the kind of preparation that sometimes it takes for us to receive the real blessings of God. Sometimes it just takes work. Sometimes it's hard work. I'm not talking about enduring life. I'm talking about getting prepared because you know something wonderful is going to happen to you very soon as long as you keep the faith, keep moving forward, keep looking to God, keep claiming the fact that God is my Savior, that God is my Creator, not any human person, but I am a child of God, born of God, created of God. The passage in Numbers that the pastor gives, blessed, be blessed, may the Lord bless you and keep you. That word keep means may the Lord protect, may the Lord shine down on you. May the Lord wrap his loving arms around you and hold you close to him in all that you do and all that you are. I don't know where you are tonight, but let's stand in, in terms of where you are in your thinking, in your hoping, in your needs. But I'm going to ask Teresa to pray for us. As soon as Teresa prays for us, there's no official dismissal. The altar is open. Allow God to give you the type of blessing that you were born to receive, the type of blessing that you need right now. Maybe it's the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never turned your life over to him. Maybe you've tried to create a salvation on your own and says, I'm good enough. But now you know, you know, God, I need you. I'm in a position in my life that I can't move in any direction. I just need you to come to me with your saving grace. Come to me now, oh Jesus. So let's pray. Lord, we just thank you and praise you that you have called us to be one of your own, that it was your way to bring us to this time and this place for this moment, for this hour, Lord. We bless you and thank you for that. We're honored that the Savior of the Most High would know us personally and know us through and through and want to bless us, Lord. We thank you that you came to seek and save that which is lost. And Lord, when we are on the wrong path, when we are needing a touch of saving grace, Lord, we thank you that you're never far away, that you're always there for that, Lord. We thank you that for everyone here tonight, you have exponential blessings, more than our mind can, can even conceive, Lord. Make us ready. Give us hearts that are prepared to make room for you, 
not to be full of ideas and dreams of our own, Lord, but the many, many wonderful things that you have for us, Lord. We are children of the Most High God. We give ourselves to you fully and openly tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.